Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another episode of Wrestling World. On today's episode, I am joined by Mr. Richardson of the Fandalorians podcast. Mr. Richardson, thanks again for joining me, man. What's up? Listen, after our last podcast, we talked off, off pod. And, you, you know, you said I could come on anytime I want. I said I can't do it all the time because I'm crazy busy. But anytime you need me or I need you or I hear something of the bat signal, you know, that ties into our our podcast, The Phantom Lawyers. Um, fire the bat signal in and I'm glad to be back. You know, I like talking wrestling. I appreciate that, man. And I'm glad I'm glad having you on. And as I'm having someone else to talk to. It's cool. Right, right. Well, yeah, I had to do one by myself, too. I don't know how you pull it off. It was weird talking, you know, out there to yourself. I, I like arguing with Mr. McDonald, and Mr. G all the time. It's more fun that way. Yeah, it's honestly more fun to have somebody with you. And and doing it by myself, like it's it's different because you know it's kind of like on the spot type deal. But yeah, you know, you get used to it after a while, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. yes, 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 you're doing great though. I love it. Appreciate it, man. But anyways, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, a lot of breaking news as of recently. I don't I don't know if you heard the news today though. Actually. Um, Logan yeah. Paul has now signed with WWE. I saw that. I saw that a second ago. I was doing my research, you know, on our podcast, Fan of Lawrence. I'm always doing the research. I was digging into some research about some things today. I saw he signed a uh, a contract. I mean, listen, I don't know where the ranking would be for celebrities in a wrestling ring. Um, if we did a top five of that, I know he, from what his performance was great. I honestly think. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Green Arrow. He did a good job at that SummerSlam a few years ago against um, the. Uh, I think it was Cody, when Cody was still there. He was excellent. Um, ooh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. Once upon a time, I'm older than you. Did a great job. He's a former NFL player. So I mean, there's been some celebrities who've gotten in the ring and been somewhat successful. Uh, but as far as signing a deal, I mean, Kurt Kurt Angle comes to mind as someone who was an athlete in some other field and coming in. I mean, it's a good move. The guy plays a great heel. Let's put it that way. He was so over in the heel way at uh, WrestleMania, right? I think that's where he did it. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with this. 
I always find them annoying. And my kids put me onto them years ago because I'm older and they were showing me these videos. I thought, all right, whatever. But when he's up there doing the shake, like Eddie Guerrero, just getting the crowd to boo him and he was just eating up being a villain. Uh, I liked it. I don't know. What do you think about it? Honestly, you know, I got to agree with you. I'm not the biggest fan of either of the Paul brothers either. Nope. I'm not. Um, you know, they do great in the boxing world, whatever. That's, yeah, that's even that. then it's sketchy for me, but I get you. I understand what yeah, you're Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you heard my episodes before, I'm not the biggest fan of Jake Paul with boxing. No, no. Um <laughs> when you're knocking out uh what Nate Rob like yo, you get you when you're knocking out people who are not profet really boxer boxers, you know what I mean? It's just that's like me beating up a little kid, you know, it's just it's just a yeah. little you know what I mean? I you know, I no no disrespect to Nate Robinson, but Again, yeah. I'm not going to cut you off, though. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, Nate wasn't a professional fighter. He's an NBA player. Right. But the knockout was so brutal, it just yeah. shot him to the stratosphere where, you know, that's that wasn't really the thing. But, but it, you know, but it, it made him look good because he's a professional yeah. fighter, you know. Of course, yeah. he's going to look good against somebody like that. He just yeah, had his hands down the whole time. So, yes. But regardless, you know, anyways, I'm not the biggest fan of the Paul brothers. I've said that. Many times on my podcast, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they want to do on YouTube, that's fine. If they want to pretend to be boxers, that's cool. You know, being in WWE, that's a different ball game. Now, this is completely different from anything that Logan Paul has ever done before. Right. Right. Yes, he had that one match with the Miz at WrestleMania, but now he's signing on to a multi-year deal. How long did they say it was a multi? They just said multi-year deal. That, yeah, that's what they said. A month so it's later. not just another event match. It's like full-time or part-time or whatever it is. It definitely seems like it's going to be full-time. They weren't very specific on how many events he'll do. But this definitely seems like this is more than one. They didn't specify whether it's weekly or pay-per-view events. They just said right, right, right. you do. Right. Um, if, if, he, if he can pull it off as a heel, you know, obviously we've seen his heel work, good heel. At WrestleMania. Right. And I get this is going to bring in yes. a lot of yep. A lot of younger audience, you know. Yeah. A, a newer generation or whatever, whatever, you Absolutely. know, YouTube, whatever. But and I'm and I'm like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I'm poor. I can tell. I can tell you're not hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you you're bad. But here's the thing, right? Yo, you hate him. So you'll be actively rooting against him, which is basically the premise of the company. Yeah. So like he gets instant heat from people like us who don't like him, but then people who do like him, like the one point, whatever kids who are, you know, that one point, whatever million TikTok, whatever they are, that generation, which is a lot, a little bit behind me, will tune in just to watch him do stuff. It's going to end up trending everything. And I, uh, you know, I get the business aspect of it. Because it's going to turn eyeballs, and honestly, the product has gotten extremely stale. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. But yes, um, but if we're going in there to hate him, and I'm ro- not rooting against—I don't want to root anyone to get hurt. But I'm mean, just rooting against him, and just oh gosh, he's a heel though. Yo, don't don't make him someone to be cheerful. He can't be, and he's such a jerk to see someone beat him down, to see someone run him over one time. Honestly, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Brock spear the heck out of him. And I'd be happy because we hate him that much. But we're still that. That's the point. So he's like a natural heel. If he can pull it off and he clearly has athletic ability. Like I said, he did a decent job with the Miz. Um, one of the better celebrity appearances I think I've seen so far. I'm forgetting some. Um, 
like I'm not happy about it, but in the end, I know it's a smart move because I hate him enough to watch him get beat up, and that's the premise of wrestling. You hate Ric Flair back in my day. You would hate Ric Flair enough that you'd pay your hard-earned money to watch Steamboat beat the heck out of him for 20 minutes, and that's what it was. You hated him enough to watch him, and that's what's happening, and I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't like him, but that's the point, so I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, like when I when I seen this first sign today, like I thought the same thing. I was like, mm, how do I feel about this? But then I thought about it. You know what? I kind of, I kind of thought, man, okay, he's already going to be a heel going in. So, oh yeah, it has to be. <laughs> can't no, touch definitely. That. I mean, <laughs> he's going to make Miz face after what happened at WrestleMania. Now, he's one of my favorites. So, right. And who knows what Logan Paul can do? You know, I hate him on the internet. I hate him anywhere else. But yeah. if he he did a decent job at WrestleMania, I will give him that. Yes, he did. He can take he can take a bump. Yes, and yeah, and he was definitely and he was selling. He sold Ray a lot. But sometimes they get in there and they don't know how to do the art of selling. I mean, they're not overselling like the young bucks who are like, you know, that back injury's been going on for like a generation. But um he was definitely selling enough to really help tell that story. For a first time, it was decent. Now, like I said, personally, I don't like him. And it's just it is what it is, but you hate him enough to root for him to get beat up. I mean, that's what it is. Definitely, man. And you know, um, like I said, he ha- we haven't seen much from him. Like he he ha- he's only been in a tag team match, right? We haven't seen him in any singles matches. So, right. I will not say I hate this idea. I don't like him, but I don't hate the idea. Um, see what he can do. You know, it's a hard, you know, and it's a we'll see. Like if it's full time, if it's like part full-time adjacent, like kind of there a little bit off and on. Cause this is as, I mean, as we don't know, cause we do it, but just being optically, we can tell it's a hard job. The travel's hard going place to place. And, you know, you don't have an off season. You see it, but you get caught up in it, especially cause it, you know, it is what it is. And people who are not a big wrestling fans can see it more as like, oh, there's you know they're out there acting. It's not really a thing. Blah blah blah. But you know, three hundred days a year is brutal, and I'm not sure he's done anything like that. So can he have the longevity? We saw how burnt out. Um, uh, what's her name got and left? Oh my gosh, I'm losing her name. Uh, not from the UFC, not Brock. Uh, what's her name? Rousey. Thank you. Lost her name. Um, how Rousey like. Got in for a while, and honestly, I never thought she was the best wrestler anyway. And eh, they really had trouble with her character, but she got burnt out pretty quick because it's a it's a hard job day to day. Is he built for that? Who knows? But you know, it'll be worth a watch. Yeah, he definitely said in his podcast, Impulsive, that he definitely took a few bumps during his WrestleMania match, and that he was actually sore. So, like you said, the longevity. Let's see how long you last. You know. Yes, exactly. We'll see. We'll see. But one thing I find interesting about this is and it's not just the multi-year deal. It's it's the fact that with all the news going around about WWE is that WWE, they chose to sign Logan Paul at a time where they are doing an investigation on Vince McMahon right now. Yeah, and I think the timing to get something in the media right now, it's right. like, control, you know, it's, uh, it's just business one-on-one. If you can control the narrative try if you can't control the narrative then you need to get something else on the front page story there's been plenty of um celebrities let's say who are in some sort of trouble and they quickly get to the podium with their lawyer to say their side of it before the news breaks on what they did 
to get in front of it. Now, WWE didn't do that. They got, you know, as what happened, we know what happened with Vince currently, and he's, you know, and I think he's in some big trouble, but they, uh, this is, you know, a nice little story. You know, I just pulled up the picture now while you were talking because I wanted to read and see it. You got a, a hunter there next to him and everything. So it's a nice press to kind of take away from, or at least look the other way while all this other stuff is going on with Vince. Like, as in the business keeps going, stockholders relax, we're still making moves, everything's fine business as usual at least to give that persona of it and he's a big enough name so it matters yeah i, I just felt the timing was odd man you know everything that's going on i feel like they kind of signed logan paul as a way for them to get people talking about logan paul and less people talking about the investigation oh, a thousand percent <laughs> thousand percent i'm sure the second it went down they were like yo we gotta sign somebody but everyone's gone there's not no big names out there just and then he, they cut him a deal i'm sure logan knew what was going on said and probably got a couple of extra zeros in the process because it shows the stockholders that you know like i said businesses keep going as usual everything's fine look we got this guy we're doing fine face of the company isn't vince in the picture with them so it's i mean that's what they do because you know i don't know how you feel but i think vince is in trouble how do you feel about i know you did say it on the other podcast but oh yeah he's he's definitely in trouble there's a lot more women coming out now saying of rape allegations from him yep and this this is going on and on like each day, something new coming out, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely something to look into. It's definitely something that needs to be investigated further. And I I do feel Vince is in trouble. I think Vince is in, and I know you talked about this in the other podcast, and I I I, I did listen, but not to regurgitate it, but I agree with the fact that you know he listen. I mean, you you want to talk. Boy, cats have nine lives, right? So I did some, re I do research all the time. And I, I started digging down the, the, the rabbit hole of the Vince, Vince in trouble moments. Um, you know, first was the steroid thing. I was in like 93. I was in high school. Um, obviously, the screw job thing was like more of a storyline than anything else. But it did get him heat. But it led to him becoming the character of Mr. McMahon. So at the end, that ended up being a positive. Um Obviously, the death of Owen Hart was pretty big in 99. Not pretty big, but you know what I mean. It was like a major moment where he got the got the black eye. Again, nothing yeah. legal. The only legal thing really was a sterile trial. Uh, the Benoit tribute, I know you discussed Benoit the other day. Um, I mean, that's just overall bad luck when you go on to do a show about it, not yeah. knowing the detail. The Jimmy Snooker thing is always a big thing. That's like a hush-hush. We talk about it, We don't talk about it. The alleged cover-up of Jimmy Snooker apparently uh, murdered someone and then they the story from everywhere is that they had a hand in kind of keeping that quiet no one knows for sure but that's always been a little black eye but again no legals filing and then other than that like the only thing i think of that vince did that was just a little out of control was when on national tv he was trying to do a funny skit and he said the n-word repeatedly with like booker t standing there going did he really say that but again that's a character that's cool i saw leonardo DiCaprio say it in movies too okay fine this is serious, though, because this is like the steroid thing where you could do time for this. But this is on the um, he's in a world now where years ago when the steroid trial happened, things like that were happening to women being treated a certain way by men in powerful positions. And they were getting away with it because back in 90s, 93, when this happened or 90s or even even closer to today, they had money, they had power. Women don't get to say blah, blah, blah. OK. Uh, now, though, it's a different game. And you saw what happened to other people who have been 
done dirty and disrespected women from Cosby to all the R. Kelly just went down for 30 years. Yes, sir. Um, they're going to get you. Like, it's not playing anymore. And it's finally a time. There's a, someone with two daughters. Yo, if you did it, you're going to jail. But I'll tell you what, Mike, my, my daughter, yo, you're going under the jail. And all I'm right. going to get you when you get out, too. But you're going <laughs> to go under the jail for like 30 years. And on the 30, for 30 year and like two days in, I'm going to find you when you get out. So if he did, and then now you got people talking about the rape and different things. Listen, and, that, and a lot of people coming out and everyone says, oh, why are these all these women quiet? Why do they wait the last minute? Let me tell you. I've, as someone who's known people who've gone through trauma like this, um, it's hard to even speak about it and keep it to yourself. And you just try to deal with your own thing of it and that you're being judged. People would say to women, oh, you asked for it. You know, that kind of thing happens. Now we're in a time where people help each other along. No, if you say something and then it, and it is power in groups, you know, they can all come forward. Um, as far I mean, so jail, who knows? But I know the company, though. Maybe he gave her him that her a certain amount of his own personal money to be quiet. But when you double her salary when stuff starts, that's different. You own stocks, man. That's illegal. There's companies involved. It's a you I own stock, a little bit of stock once upon a time. So it's gonna I, I don't know how you're gonna sidestep this one. Listen, he has a long track record of kicking out. You know, <laughs> like two and a half, he gets to kick out. I don't know about this one. I think he might get the three count. That's all I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. This is this is wild, you know. Um, I, I didn't even know what to say when this first came out, like. But you know, when you look at, if you, you look at Vince McMahon, he's a, a billionaire, so of course, this type of thing, you know, like him him being involved in this hush money situation, I could definitely see it happening. You know, this isn't the first time we've heard this from you know a celebrity or. Celebrity, listen, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't even right. matter which politicians involved. People in powerful positions tend to think they can get away with everything. And because when they get in trouble, that you can buy, everyone can be bought. Everyone's got a price, like the million dollar man used to say. You can buy enough people off. You're in a world now where people aren't always going to take the money. They just want to burn you and make you pay for it. And it's a vengeance, which is, it's catching up to all these people. From uh, I forget the, uh, the producer's name that started a lot of this. In Hollywood, uh, but, but Weinstein, and then you know, and then like I said, Cosby, then this and that, and the third R. Kelly, whatever. Listen, when you hear it, I mean, there's been always rumors of Vince, you know, let's say running around for lack of a better words. Um, you don't know the real Vince, you all know the character, and I always have the character from the person because I get it, they're actors, you know, they're not really like this. No one's really trying to hit someone with a sledgehammer in the face. I get it, but there's always rumors of this kind of thing, and then like you said, people with power just think they can buy their way out of everything, but you can't now, especially because people rise up and want to go after you because they'll they'll arrest you, then they'll sue you, and then you go to jail anyway. So, I don't know. There's no statute of limitations on half the stuff he's going to be accused of either. You know, so it's 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 going to be something. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like more is going to come out as the weeks weeks evolve. Do you, I was going to ask you, do you? I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you think he's actually sitting on the sidelines and not? have his hand still involved in what's coming on TV every Friday and Monday, honestly? Um, well, he, when uh, this was first announced, he was on Monday right. Night Raw. Yes, and SmackDown the week before, right? Yes, and when he first, you know, came on, I expected him to make up some story of why he's stepping down, of why Stephanie would take control. Like a storyline thing? Yeah, like, yeah, like a storyline type right, deal. Right. Um, of course, he's not going to come out and say, hey, you know, I'm involved in yeah. this. Right. Yeah, but right. for him to come out 
like more than once to pop a rating basically basically i kind of feel like he is involved just because he's there you know he's still there yeah yeah it definitely seems like he could be involved still maybe even like even like like yeah even still you know and you would think that someone would be like you know what vince i mean maybe they did he didn't listen yeah they're accusing you of like x y and z they're accusing you of all this stuff Yo, just stay your butt. I'll say butt. Stay your butt in the back. Don't come out there because you're looking like you're throwing, you're basically doing the Austin finger to all these people who are accusing you of things. Because I, after telling the stockholders I'm not going to be involved, I'm going to go on national TV just to say hi and welcome to SmackDown and get Papa rating. It just gives the image to anyone, especially anyone who might sit in and now couldn't this be used against him in court could they run the video showing how he doesn't care about whatever i don't know how it works with court because I, I a good lawyer probably get that tossed out if you're on the jury and this thing pops up it's like wow so he's accused the next day he's just out there acting like it's not a big deal you know but then again you have the other angle we're like well he's acting like it's not a big deal because he's he's innocent so why wouldn't he not act any different but if you tell them you're not going out there you're not being a part of it don't show up on national tv to pop a rating it, it really gives an image like you just don't care Everything's fine. I have nothing to worry about, which might be true. I just don't think so, but it might be true. Kind of weird. Yeah, it was definitely stay weird. In stay in the back. Right, right. It was definitely weird to see him out there knowing that what's going on. Like, if he's innocent, yeah, that's one thing. But now all this new information is coming out. So it's like, yes, seeing and him come out. Someone has something. Someone has something. It was, right. it was all accusations and accusations. Oh, someone's going to have something. A picture, this, and him. Like, they'll have something. And that's all you need. Because once one thing is proven, everything else people believe. And now you're looking for 12 people who haven't heard anything about this. And that becomes really hard. Especially uh, in this situation. Yeah, of course, man. Um, you know, like, Stephanie taking control. You know, this is, this is something that could be good, could be bad. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Stephanie taking control? Well, I'm going to go with I. Pretty much, I really think it's lack. It's not control as much as Vince is still there, puppet mastering the whole thing. So I don't even know how much control he has. I know her being in charge because remember she had stepped down or she was doing more time with family, whatever the case yeah. may be. Could that be because she knew what was coming and just wanted to get out of the way of getting of the storm, possibly? Because you know, I have an idea that you know people let you know ahead of time. Lawyers will let you know people are making moves this way. So they're trying to set up everything. But I honestly think if I'm a stockholder and I know Vince has to step down, but Stephanie, who is his daughter and has been working there since, and honestly is a woman, uh, is now the face of the company, that might make the stockholders okay. And that may show people that, look, they're trying. And once she's been there, again, been there for years, has more experience, way more than just being a woman. I'm not trying to say it that way, but it doesn't hurt. That that's a nice image to have publicly for what meaning. But as far as her, you know, storylining or scripted things like that, I don't know. I, I really think Vince is still like, okay, yes, text me. I'll tell you what we're doing. I'm gonna be in the arena. I just won't be on TV. No one's gonna tell me not to go in there. Yeah, defiance. He's gonna be a little defiant. And that's um, I doubt the stockholders are appearing at Raw on the backstage. So I don't know how much power she has. Or if she's just a conduit to whatever he says to do. What do you think? Yeah, it definitely feels that way as if he's still in control. I think, you know, 
all these years, people have begged Vince to step down, and he's kept control for all these years. And nobody's kind of told him what to do. So I definitely feel as if he's still in control. Honestly, though, I, I feel like Stephanie being in control and taking over would be best for business. Like you said, she's been in the business for many, many years. Yes. Um, Hunter's really smart, too. NXT was legit when he was running it. Like, you know, NXT is what AEW wished that they could do. They just can't get there yet. But there were stories to go along with great wrestling. WWE has... Honestly, barely any of that right now. Either one, honestly, depends on the wrestler, but not all the time. AEW is great wrestling, terrible storytelling. You know, I believe, you know, Hunter with Stephanie, or Stephanie with Hunter, I should say, is better, um, would give that back. But like I said, like we both said, how much control does he have? And even if he steps down um, or fully, let's say, let's say worst case scenario, or best case scenario, depending on how you look at it, he ends up having to lose control over his company because of this. Even though I know he owns like way more than six, like fifty-five or sixty percent has power, but it's a publicly traded company. So if he goes down, he loses it all. That's just how the law basically works. He would lose his controlling interest, and maybe it does revert to Stephanie, or maybe a company buys it. But her in charge with Hunter, I think, could almost salvage this. And I, I, I bet you there are stockholders right now who are thinking, even though they're making money hand over foot, that's not. I'm not trying to act like, you know, WWE is like, you know, bleeding for money and people are like poor and it's figuring it out. They have. They're making billions. They always do. Um, I feel they can do it much better. And I feel those two running things would be incredible for the company. We'd have other stars. We wouldn't have this the Brock um, Reigns thing that we're about to come across again. So, you know. Right, man. Um, I, I agree, you know, definitely. I think it's the right move by WWE if they're going to put anybody in charge. It needs to be Stephanie and Triple H. Um, you mentioned the product getting stale, you know, and you said it's been stale for a good while. You know, maybe, maybe this could help creatively. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been stale for to me. That's just my opinion. I know other people disagree. Oh, it just the the lack of excitement for Monday, like it'll there were there was a time where it never sat on the DVR. I was watching live, or I'd start watching at like nine. That way I wouldn't run into too many commercials and just watch it all the way through. You know, get some stuff done. I you know, I'm a teacher, I'm constantly doing things at night, grading papers, whatever. It's a it's a full-time job, really. But there was no sitting in the DVR to like Wednesday or Thursday. Now it'll sit there. I'll watch it. And sometimes I'm fast forwarding through it because some of it's just, I, you know, it is, it's, it's, they're a weird company because they have to appeal to different types of audience members. AEW is strictly going for just a hardcore wrestling fans. They got little kids in the audience. They got older people in the audience like me, the old heads. They got the people in the middle. They got teenagers that have a different. So they have to give matches that kind of appeal towards across the board. You have to have some funny stuff. You have to have this and this. It's a different, it's a variety. It's a variety show. Like a Saturday Night Live, but a kid version with adults in it too. It's weird. Like a mix of all that and Saturday Night Live basically is what they're trying to pull off every week. So the problem to me is most of it is funny, funny kid type stuff. For the most part, a lot of the stuff gets too goofy for me, um, except for a couple people. Reigns is always playing it serious, like a teenager for adults kind of thing. Like he's more could like my age bracket or younger. Um, and I'm honestly, it's hard for me to think of people past that. You know, Seth is this, is that his character is weird to me, but it's okay. 
some of them stay that way. It's just such a, but some of it stale. Like some of it, I just don't want to sit through. And the matches too. It's such a, it's such a, it's like a, a repeat repetition. It's predictable. It's like a formula. Like, you know, what's happening. It, there's no surprises. I don't know. There's never new storylines. It just feels like the same storyline over and over, the same rivals over and over. Repetition, predictable, repeat. I don't know. That's just how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, and I agree with you. It definitely feels repetitive, you know, and there's nothing fresh, nothing new, and here we are again getting Roman and Brock for the hundredth time. <sighs> and God, yeah. And it, it, it's like, like, like speaking of repetitive, you know, it, it's, it's for the hundredth time we're getting this match again. It's, it's and, and they're, they're trying to up the ante, you know, and I'm not trying to switch subject or nothing, but like, no, 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 I kind of led to it by accident, but yeah, no, no you're fine. Trust me. Cause if, if we're going to talk about repetitive, this, this match comes to mind. This you know? is the blueprint of repetitive. This is literally, literally the, the golden <laughs> child. I dug into it. This is the ninth time. In total, they've been in a match together seven times. They were one-on-one. And then they had two matches that were triple threats or some variation of that. But here's the thing, though. The biggest thing I looked up when I was digging into it, because I couldn't remember. And I'm, you know, I'm getting old. I can't remember dates. I started going online to research this. Like This is the third time in less than a year. That I kind of forgot. In less than a year, like a calendar year, three matches. Come on. Like, it's... And you don't think he's... I don't think he's going to win. Like, you know, I thought I talked about a repetitive predictability. As much as everyone is like, I, you know, and I know wrestling, I know what it is. But when you hear the announcement going on, I mean, this is the longest reign ever. Reigns, he's had it for this long. This is history making. I get it. But we understand what they're doing. The goal is to make him the best wrestler of all time. The greatest history of it. Or whatever it is. They want his title run to make Roman one of the greats. one A goat, more or less. They want his face on the mountain. They wanted him to pass... Um, CM Punk, they wanted him to be the one who has that. When you say the longest reigning champion, you can in current times, you can say reigns, you can not say Cena who's gone, you can not say this one. It have to, and I get it, so they keep it on him. And I understand it's a story, so I, I don't get too excited when they say it's been this long. Like, yeah, of course, they wrote it. I, I get it, but I'm not impressed. And then because it's no drama, no predictability, you know what they're going for, like. It's just, the, like you said, the same thing over and over again. He gets a challenger, a couple matches or interactions. He beats them down. They beat him down a little bit, back and forth. We have the match. He wins. And then we repeat the next week. And like yeah, I said, yeah. three times in a year, it's Brock again. You know, I, uh, I can't. It's just, there's no excitement going into this. You know, I, I feel like Brock is like their go-to whenever they don't know what to do. It's like yeah. Randy Orton's injured now. The original plan I heard was was that they were supposed to do Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Backup probably would have been Cody, but he got hurt too. Right. So now I feel like their last-minute replacement, out of a whole roster of guys they could have chosen, out of the Bobby Lashley's, the Seth Rollins, out of all the guys they could have chosen, they chose Brock. And, 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 and that's my point. You don't build anyone else ever like, to make, be a credible SummerSlam opponent. There's no one out there who could have made it look like there's a chance they might win other than Orton. And maybe Cody after that last match, the, the one before he got hurt. Okay, he, he's a, a super face right now. Okay, fine. You bring back Cena. We know he's not going to win. I get it. So there's no credible people 
because you spent no time doing anything else. Like, I don't even remember, and I do, but I mean, some of the Intercontinental Champion used to be the person next step up. That's gone. An old man. That's not there anymore. There's nobody there. Could you have used Seth? Yes, but you probably would have to make him somewhat of a face. He could keep the same character and just be like right. between, like, like um, our early Steve Austin used to do. Um, like, he's just he's just shady. You know, he's in that gray area where most of them were back in the, the attitude area. They're just mostly in the gray. But, um, and, you know, at worst case, AJ, too, could have pulled it off. You, if you give, you got, you got a month to push AJ up and make him just dominate. It's just, he came out. You could tell what the audience was like, really? Again? He just beat <laughs> you. We just saw this. I don't like watching repeats, man. New Strangers ain't thing is coming out soon. I want new episodes. I don't want old stuff. Right. And, you know, they're trying to up the ante for this match, too. They're, they're doing a last man standing match, apparently. And I'm thinking yeah. here, like, I don't care if it's a buried alive match. <laughs> I do not want to see do. this. Again. I don't. I don't. Would I watch it? I guess. I have the... I, I literally pay for Peacock just for this or psych reruns. So I'm going to watch it. But do I think there's any chance? Of course, Brock's not going to win. Why would he win? He's not going to be there every week to have the belt. No, he's going to, he's going to lose. Now, how's he going to be knocked down for 10? Are they going to do the smosh where like he puts something on top of him? He can't lift off him. They've done that so many times too. They bring out the, uh, the crane thing or whatever, lay it on his chest. Oh no, he can't get up. You know, I've seen so many smosh finishes for these things. When they don't, they still want to make Brock look like the man, but not lose. Um, but regardless, like you, zero interest, like zero interest in this. It's just nine times total. I mean, the biggest one. I mean, I I, I looked into this too. Cena and Orton was. I found this site that had that most matches wrestlers have had on Raw, SmackDown, or pay per views. They didn't count house shows. Cena and Orton was, you want to guess what Cena and Orton was? What's that? 22. It's pretty big. But they were around for a while. They went back and forth all together. The biggest rivalry, though, which was shocking to me, because I went, I you know, I scrolled that. I want to see which two wrestlers faced the most on, again, Raw, SmackDown, whatever. I, even tag teams, various matches. Uh, this was like 38. And it was The Miz and, um, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name now. Um, uh, blah, 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 of New Day, um, Kofi, Kofi, okay, is and Kofi apparently went at it a ridiculous because they were intercontinental back. This is even before New Day, they had like 37 matches, they had so many matches on Raw, SmackDown, pay per view, back to Raw, SmackDown, various variations of it. Now, are we at that point yet with Reigns and Brock? No, but for the championship and having nine total and then the third in a year, it's too much, especially when you don't think one of them is going to ever win. You know? Right. So. Yeah, you know that's that's interesting. You said that I never knew that that they wrestled that many times. Yeah, I was I was digging into it because you know I'm you know I mean, I'm crazy with this research stuff. I'm like I want I wanted to know what the times were, and then I'm, I was just scrolling ahead. I'm like, let me see, and I I, I wish I could pull the site up to tell you. I'll share it with you later. Um, but it had there were some matches, some old school matches too. But most of them are these because they didn't have Raw and SmackDown back in the olden times. It was just pay-per-views so some of them didn't have as many matches because they didn't do a lot of them on tv back then so but though but those two kofi and, and miz went at it apparently a lot cesaro 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 lost it <laughs> yeah cesaro sorry um, yeah you know claudio 
Claudia. Right, Claudia. I guess you know I'm trying to give him his government name now. Right. Um, he and uh Sheamus as a tag team had the most matches against another group. It was interesting, interesting read. But yeah, like I said, the product's stale, and this doesn't help having these are the one of the matches that they've chosen for this pay-per-view. And 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 you brought up like Orton versus Cena. The thing about Orton versus Cena is that every match they had was good. Yep. Yes, I would not. T- I'm not taking anything away from that. You're absolutely right. And like, you're excited about it. Like, oh, here we go again. Like Golden State versus like a great team in the East. Right. Hockey. They play four times a year. I'm in all four. They just, we played last Thursday. Let's go. Seven game series. I'm in because you know it's going to be great. Right. This doesn't have that. Yeah, and and their matches weren't repetitive like we're seeing now. It wasn't finisher after finisher, pin, finish, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Brock doesn't do you know much range with it. So no, and and you said about you know Brock not winning. You know, um, I don't know about that because it's been rumored that Roman Reigns is taking time off, and that people are getting kind of tired of him holding both titles. Yes. So there could be that possibility of Brock winning, but even if Brock wins, I don't see him being a full time. I, I yeah, don't. So then he's doing what he did that initial one where he was never on TV that much. It was just yeah. uh, um, Paul coming out and talking about him for like a segment every week. And you know they're complaining about Roman Reigns holding both titles and you know being a part timer, but yet half of, whenever Brock came back to WWE, that's all he's been as a part timer. Right. You have two part. You know. I, I know Reigns wants, I guess, I don't know. I got to look up how old he is. But I know Reigns wants a bit of a break. And I know he gets a couple of weeks off every now and then because I'm noticing he's not on all the time. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to do in Hollywood. It's not always just such a linear line. The Rock is just different. There's been a lot of wrestlers who tried to make that transition to Hollywood. And um, other than The Rock and obviously Batista because of the casting as... as um, um, Drax in, in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. Not a lot of them, they try. Brett tried, Austin tried, um, and they don't always make that. Roddy Piper tried. They Live was a great movie, by the way, but they don't always make that jump well. So who knows what he's going to do? Maybe he'll try. His try, but it was direct to like WWE movies. So it doesn't really count. Maybe he'll come right back and realize this is what he needs to do. Cena, oh, Cena was successful too. Totally messed it. Sorry, I forgot about him. Um, so who knows? But I don't mind him having the two belts. I just want to feel like he can lose them. If you're telling me a story where the hero always wins, always, and I don't feel at any moment they can lose. I thought I I knew Thanos was going to win the first Avengers movie. <laughs> like you just, I know when you feel like they could possibly lose, that's when you're invested. When you don't think they can win, you're watching like a kid show on Disney. Disney, a Disney kid show, like a teen show with like the Thundermans or some of these kid things that my daughter watches that, you know, they're not losing. You know, 20 minutes later, the episode's over, they win. That's what Brock (laughs) has become. Not, I'm sorry, that's what Roman Reigns has become. The Thundermans or Henry Danger. Well, there's like no chance they're going to lose at the end of the episode. I need it to be more like, you know, there's a chance. You know, like a James Bond movie kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I said they they could have chose anyone to, to dethrone Roman, you know, they had their Seth Rollins. They had their Bobby Lashley's. I thought Bobby Lashley would have been a good pick. But obviously, he's feuding with someone else right now. But um, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know where they'll go from here. It's like they're going from one part-timer to the next. And I, I feel like this isn't what the fans want. Yes, Brock is good as a baby face. But what's this going to do in the long term? I swear. I, it, it, 
let's put it this way. My my purview, if I could cast, and I do on the family on podcast where we talk about a bunch of geek pop culture stuff. We also do, because I like to write, I do some writing. I'm actually working on a couple of things for um, the Reading Rainbow reboot that they're trying to do. I'm working on some things for that, too. So I, I like to write uh, while, all the time. My opinion, um, if they either get control or they don't get control, whenever this is over with Vince, we're it, like, just take a minute. Like, just take almost, I won't, I won't say a week off, but spend, like, give two SmackDowns in a row and two Raws in a row, just best of WWE through the years. Give them something. So then the week when you come back, it's like a hard reset, and it's like it feels brand new. You know what I mean? Just right. take a second. Instead of just the trend. I know it's weird, and people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm just watching reruns. Yo, take SmackDown and throw in some best matches of the 90s, best matches of the 80s on Raw. It's okay. People will still watch. And then hype the fact that Raw's brand new edition begins on this date, and we're all hyping towards whatever the new look going to be, and just re- not restart, but restart. Give every character more stuff. Give them more line. Give them something to do. You know, just reboot this whole thing. And that way you can build more stars. Give Get other people over. Plant long-term storytelling. Like, just plan it. All right, we want this guy to be good. We need him to win this match. Win this match. Lose this match, but on the concert, you know, a disqualification. Build this. Okay, confrontation here. Like, just map it out. So you build other stars. So you're not jumping from part-timer to part-timer. Yeah, I agree, man. It, it's that's the problem. They're they're so centered around Roman and Brock that they're not building new stars. You can't. You have to. You gotta let the not I'm not saying let the past go away, but at some point you gotta build new stars. Look at um I'm jumping into other sports, so look at baseball. It took them a while to focus on building, trying to push new stars because a lot of the people get caught up in like, you know, this guy was the greatest of all. Like they don't look at the current picture. It's just thinking ahead. Then not a lot of young people aren't into baseball as much because the, 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 the sport is still marketed towards the older fan, like my age, older, maybe, you know, some young kids, but not like it used to. So baseball used to be the number one sport in this country. And is easily probably, I would say three after the M, uh, NFL, obviously runs all then the NBA hockey is creeping on them. Because they don't market towards new fans or new things. They kind of stick with the, the group that's slowly getting older dying out. Um, and I parallel that to WWE because you have the older wrestlers who have been around for a while. Brock mostly. Bring back Cena. I like Cena there. I love him. It's okay. They, oh, you know, this wrestling might be good. We might have The Rock come back. Yo, I get it. But have the Austin coming back was great. But what it was, he wasn't like main eventing and winning a championship. So it was great. I loved every second of it. But Build somebody new to transition, to go against the Austins, to go get like make Kevin, like Kevin Owens. How is he not built to be one of the best in your company where he could conceivably be considered someone to take out Roman Reigns? No, he's doing the whole joke festival. I don't know who's, um, he looks like your brother. I, I just, he's better, way better than that. He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. He should have been built forever and you could have a perfect face. He has the body of, not a sculpted rock like the like all these people are looks more like me not like <laughs> me but you know what i'm saying he look he definitely looks like a normal person and honestly the fans eat up that's like dusty rose got big he, they eat up like the normal looking guy going against the behemoth i know you know uh, vince likes his giant you know built on the guy and we know the gimmick but right 
a normal looking guy going against the guy who that would have been a great story. He's a normal man. He makes jokes. He's this. He's got a family man, whatever. But he's a normal dude. So that's how Dusty got over. That's how in the first Die Hard movie, Bruce Willis got over because he wasn't giant like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a normal dude caught up in a bad situation. And we can all relate to the normal looking guy for a change. And Kevin can talk and he can fight. And there you go. You have, a, you have an entire country that would back him completely. You're making a ton of money. No, no. We'll just get Brock from Minnesota. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, dude, there, there, there's so many options they could have picked from. But it's funny you mentioned Kevin Owens because he would have been a great pick as well. And yeah, you look at he, right now, he wouldn't be because they haven't done anything to make him credible enough to think he could do it. Right. If they're, 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 ahead, they're, you should have been making him big and bigger. Just even if you weren't, you obviously you wouldn't know that what's the name is going to get hurt. I ain't a Randy. I get you. But there should be other people out there like winning intercontinental championships, taking out all comers, getting jumped two on one and winning. Like, yo, yo, you just see um Kevin Owens. He, da, 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 da. So you could slide him in and yo, Kevin's been on a streak for the past two months. He this could be that's it. That's what you gotta do. But now they don't do anybody else. Yeah, they they haven't built him up enough for a role like that, you no, know. And that's the problem. When he first came to the main roster, you, you you thought he would have been a big star, being how he was booked and everything. But now you look at his career and and the way it's gone from being a main eventer to now like a being a, in a storyline like a comedy act type deal. Yes. It's like it's like it's like what happened? What went wrong? What went wrong? You know. Nothing went wrong. He was just, he's just too good an actor that he can pull off comedy. And they're looking around like, we need a comedy act. Ooh, Kevin can do anything. We'll put him in this role. So because he's too good at being the vindictive villain versus and the comic foil with Jericho and the listener, like he can do it all. We have no comedy. We'll put him in the comedy spot. Perfect. So because he's so good, that's where he's stuck. But he's much better than that. Oh, yeah. He definitely deserves better. You've seen his work from Ring of Honor. From Yes. Early days in WWE from NXT. Yes, I, you I, know, you know it fr- it's so it's just frustrating. I don't know, it's just frustrating. Yeah, how do you feel about the uh, Ezekiel Kevin Owens storyline? Have you paid much attention to it? I have. I, you know, it's one of those things that's not. It's okay, but it's just not for me. It's too. I don't know. It's not funny. It's corny to me. I don't know. I just it's just not something that appeals to me. I know people like it. I know it's humorous. It makes me chuckle. And obviously Kevin Owens is great, but I see him as someone who could be doing so much more than this. And I don't mind the comedy acts. I get it. Like I said before, it's a big audience. They got to appeal to a bunch of people. I get it. But I see him doing, he could be doing so much more. He could be in this Brock spot. And so it's just, it's frustrating to watch. It's amusing, but I'm just not into it. But that's, you know, like I said, whole bunch of audience they're trying to pitch to. That's something that's not pitched to me, I think. What do you think about it? At first, man, when, when it first came about, you know, Elias first returned, I, I was, like, interested. I thought, okay, maybe maybe this could be cool. We'll see where it can go type deal. But now it's kind of gotten stale. Now it's just kind of gotten goofy, like you said. It's like a comedy act. And right. Which I don't mind. It's just not for me, though. I, I get little kids might find it funny. 15 and younger, oh, you know, he doesn't know who he is. It's just, I get it. Cause again, like I said, seeing that my, my daughter, you know, it's 11 years old. I watch these little kid shows with her. Some are amusing. Victoria's is funny. There's some things that make me laugh, <laughs> but it's, it feels like something from one of the shows that she watches and which is okay. Cause she, you know, she watches a little wrestling. It's okay. It's just personally for me, it's just, uh, it's not into it. That's all. And then the people in it, like I said, could be doing something else, but 
It's just not aimed for me. That's all. Not my thing. It, yeah, it's just not, it seems like Kevin Owens is basically carrying this feud right now. And yep. it's like it's like, what are you gonna do like long term? Like what how are you, does what, this yeah, how does this what's the payoff for this? You know, it just there isn't one. It's just and, what, and with the Elias character, I I thought his character was great when he first came to WWE. Oh yeah. The main roster, the character was great. I didn't think it should have been changed. Yeah, and then when they turn them face for a little bit, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Because he could write his songs that are funny and then which make me laugh. Like I don't mind when they come out and do a little bit to make people laugh and then all of a sudden beat people down. It's funny. Like New Day. New Day's goofing, clowning, but they make me laugh. And then when the bell rings, they would tearing up the place. So I'm I'm good with the comedy acts to a certain extent. Plus, New Day was kind of hitting on different levels with some of their stuff. They're crazy. Him being playing the guitar, I liked it. It was funny. He was a heel, but then he switched up. You know, I remember Honky Tonk Man when I was a kid with the guitar. It's all good. I like it. But, you know, I don't know. They just never, I don't know. <laughs> I get frustrated. I get frustrated talking about it. I'm like, ah, they just, you know, yeah. I'm, I don't work there. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know better. I've never done it. But you <laughs> see things and you're like, you know what you could have done, you know, and I'm not, I'm outside looking at it. I'm not, you know. But you see talent and you're wondering, like, what is the problem? Why Why is it going this way? Why are they in the comedy troupe? I don't know. Yeah, and I, I like the Elias gimmick the way it was. You know, um, yes. the character never should have been changed. The booking could have been better. But yep. the character itself shouldn't have been changed. And exactly. WWE, they always jump the gun and, and, and changing characters. You see what they did with Bray Wyatt. You see what they did with, you know, uh, Pete Dunne. He's now Butch. Uh, Walter is now Gunther. Yeah, I thought that was stupid. Yeah, just yeah. It's it's. Why are you changing the name? We the other the. It wasn't like they were in a different company on a different channel. It was the same company. Like you just he just goes by a different name. Like why are you acting like it didn't? Uh, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's almost insulting to it, like the fans. It, it's yeah, it's... like we're supposed to not know what they were, we were watching them on the other day. <laughs> now you change the name. We're going to pretend that it didn't happen. It's you're in the same company. It's like um, Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man in like the event because you know again pop culture fan the Lawrence and Lawrence teacher by day nerds by night check it out anyway. It's like watching a uh, Robert Downey Jr. play Iron Man in the movie and then later in the movie he's also playing like Thor. Like yo no he's Iron Man we just saw him in scene two like what are we doing you can't just change his name and act like we don't know it's a different that's what they're doing it's like no 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 it's him now it's different. It's a different movie. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense, man. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. It's, it's just that's the way WWE is nowadays. But I don't know. But let's move over to AEW, man. Um, Claudio, a.k.a. Cesaro, we mentioned him earlier. What, how do you think he'll do in AEW? Um, I think he's going to be doing good. I, You know, listen, he was in WWE from like – was it like 11 years, like 2011, I think he got in there. Um, and he's been around before Ring of Honor. I pulled up his old tapes years ago to see the kind of stuff he used to do. Because at one point I realized that he he was a good talent. And he had that whole James Bond thing going on for a while, which I looked up and he was a fan of it. Right. Um, seven times, I think, tag team champions. And a lot of wrestlers who have come out over the years to say he was definitely underutilized. You know, Austin obviously being one of the bigger names, Jim Ross. I know Foley said it a few times, and he never really got, I think, the shot that he should have. I know they say, oh, reach for the brass ring. He's great in the ring. 
I mean, as mic skills could use work, you know me, I'm always about the mic skills. And obviously you could give someone, you could give someone the, because you're telling a story. If you can't act, then you're having trouble telling a story. And it takes me out of performances on TV, movies, or wrestling when you can't act. It just disconnect. I get disconnected. Could he have used more help with that? Probably. I mean, you can get a voice piece. We don't have to give Paul Heyman to everyone, but that could have been a possibility. But I think in AEW, he'll have a chance to have more great matches. Um, they don't do storylines well there at all, and they have way too many people. So I think he might get lost in the shovel, like a lot of people keep getting lost in the shovel. And I think part of the problem is, I mean, it's almost how WCW fell apart where there was just too many people. And you can't get everyone on TV. And I think last time I talked to you, I said this was the biggest problem. I can't get invested in the character if I only see them once a month. And they never speak. So as much as I like, you know, um, Cesaro, Cesaro, no, um, Claudio, Claudio, sorry. (laughs) As much as I like him, if he's not on every week and he's not talking and interacting and doing something, you don't have an interest. If if your main point of seeing a wrestler is because when they come out, you're excited because they're going to do a specific move, then you've lost the point. Like there's no story. Like, you know. Punk can tell stories, um, not Miss MJF can tell stories. Very few of them are really good storytellers yet. Omega was doing a great job when he had the crew with him and they were speaking a lot for him. And he had that whole crew with the Bucks and everything. But for the most part, they need good storytelling and they don't always have it. And I'm afraid they, because they have too many people, they can't get them on TV. So hopefully they can figure out a system or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I do feel like what you said is true. He was underutilized in WWE, which I hope that doesn't happen in AEW. Um, one, one thing I am excited, though, for Claudio, and I got to watch Conum Cesaro because I'm so used to Conum Cesaro nowadays. I'm trying, trying. But um, <laughs> I am, yeah, me too. But um, I'm, I'm as We just said it's been like 11 years. It's hard to yeah, see. Yeah, really. right. Exactly. And But one thing I'm excited for Claudio is that maybe we can get an Eddie Kingston match out of him. Now, Eddie yes. and Cesaro okay. have a lot of history together, apparently. Yeah, so, how much of that is a work or just uh, real? I, I can't I, – I was digging into it the other day because I wasn't – he mentioned – what's his name? He tweeted out, um, he'll, you'll never come here. And then he came in and was like, oh, I was wrong. You know, so what do, do you know? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I just I, – I've heard that they've – I think they've wrestled before. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm not really sure though, but it definitely seems like they got a lot of heat. Maybe on Twitter, like you said. Well, they were last. The last night was the um blood and guts. Did you blood get and guts? Yes. To see. And then they were. He was in the main event. Yes, and, um, um, it was like a double submission. Cesaro submitted somebody. Eddie Kingston submitted somebody. Yeah, they did the whole um, uh, you know, the two cages in a cell. Yeah, right. You know, the dusty thing. Um, and he was on the same team with, with Eddie. Eddie. Yes, Eddie, sir. was Eddie Moxley, um, Cesaro, whatever he's calling himself now. And I forget who else. Uh, oh, one of the, um, what's his name got hurt? One of the, uh, I forget who. I'm losing the name now. The, Guevara, I, maybe? Yes. No, not no, not him. Um, who are the two tag teams that used to roll with Jericho? Oh, uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Right. One of them came in the ring and definitely popped his knee. He picked someone up, dropped them like a knee drop on the back of his knee, and then hit his knee. 
he collapsed and was against the side of the cage for pretty much the rest of the 20 minutes. They mentioned it, and then you could see him in the background just holding the knee and the refs talking to it. So he was he actually took himself out the whole time. So he definitely hurt himself for real in that match. But regardless, Cesaro's in there, um, and he was – I thought it was one of the better ones I've seen. Did you get to watch it? Yeah, I actually I watched most of it. I actually watched the main main event, but I didn't actually catch that part of the match. It's yeah, really it's, he that. he came in when he did. You know, when they if you if you know if you're new and you have never heard these ones before, it's they do the coin toss. The heels always seem to win. Starts with a good guy and a bad guy, more a face and a heel. Then the heel gets a two on one advantage and go back and forth and back and forth. And then you got to submit. So I thought I don't know if you know the most interesting part of this is usually these the way this story goes is. The heels, there's two heels in the ring and there's one face and the face is getting beat down. And then on the bell rings, another face comes in and now they're teaming up with him. It's two on two. It's an even battle. And then another heel. And this one, the faces were just dominating the entire night to the point when they just were like, they're standing up. All the heels are knocked out. And then just here's the bell. Another face comes in. Like they were already, they were just dominating. I, I loved, and I said this earlier in your podcast. Like surprise me, you know. Show me something I've never seen before, because as much as we talk about formulas and repetition and predictability, these matches always had the same formula. The heels are getting are winning, and the good guy comes in and makes it three on three, and then the heels get a four on three advantage. Not this one. This was totally different. I loved it. I love being shocked. And Cesaro, the artist formula on Cesaro, came in and was dominating. Like I just loved everything about it. Yeah, this match. If you want to talk about surprise, this match was definitely a surprise. It definitely delivered. Yes. Um, it, they don't call it blood and guts for nothing because there was definitely a lot of blood. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone was crimson mass all over the place. Oh yeah. man, it, it was definitely something uh, to see, you know. And and that's the good thing about AEWs. They know how to put on main events. And this yeah. wasn't just any ordinary main event. This this went on for like an hour. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It started at like a nine. I mean, Eastern time. I'm in New York. And they thought they had that. They brought, I yeah, they came back from commercial, the cages. And I'm like, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to give you the hour. It's going to be something. And I know everyone's got to come in with a two minute interval. So I figured maybe they'll start at like 9 20. But no, they yeah. gave you a full hour. And it was bloody. They, they were not messing around. There was blood. There was guts. It was definitely brutal. And, and, you know, going back to what I said about storylines, there was a story going into this, though. Like there was heat. You know, you know, wrestling heat between right. all the different groups. They didn't like each other. We don't like they built up. They didn't just grab five and five. The Jericho group versus um Eddie Kingston and then Mox is involved and he doesn't like this one. He just won the match against this one the other night. So it was enough people in there. So it, it definitely had that. This is a serious rivalry. They built it even over a couple of weeks to make it matter. Do they do that all week long with every other match? No, but they definitely did it with this one. So they gave you a storyline going into it legit made you feel these guys hate each other and eddie's just staring there waiting for his turn to come in not saying a word and then he comes in and just whacking people away like a ninja it was it was nice it was a well done match then the ending is good they did a good job with that eddie kingston i think he's such he does such good character work yeah um, you can't hear the line yeah it's uh you know just the, the his whole facial expression during the whole match waiting on the outside and then they brought in the out the rubbing alcohol. Did you catch that part of the yes, match? Yes, they brought in her. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> but uh, just him going after Jericho like he did, man, and then in the top of the cage, him throwing Guevara off the cage. 
Oh, it was, it was fantastic. It really was. I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm just, you know, because the wrestling's at its best is at its best when you dispend belief and you feel like it's really happening. When you're young, you pretty much were just believing it all the time. You know, Undertaker's Kane's brother, I totally bought in when I was a kid because I was old enough to think that was real. Like, you know, it just, it is what it is. But as, as an adult, you know what's going on, but there are moments where you just get caught up and you're cheering and hoping. And when they kick out, you're caught into it. That's when it's at its best. And this felt like a blood feud. They were like the, you know, his character work. Moxley too looks like he hates everyone all the time. I don't know who he's gonna hit next. The man's off the off the wall. I love it. Right. Um, that's when it's at its best. So just I was in on it and completely engaged the entire time. But you know, I, I got sidetracked from when we were talking about the artist formula on Cesaro, but in AEW, if they give him some storylines and just really, I think now that this um um uh, open, uh, forbidden doors things is open or closed the Jace, whatever. Give people some storylines to go in, even if you have to form more groups. I hate forming groups, but it gives you a chance to get more people on the screen at one time. That's why it's easy to do it when you have a click or a group. You right. get five of them on the screen, they all talk about someone else they hate, and you got them all in there in 15 minutes and you did something. But do something, just get more stories going. You have a lot of people injured, so let's start building stories with the people who are there. So so it works and I him being one of the main ones yeah i definitely agree man um i'm ex- i didn't expect cesar to sign I, I mean i expected it but i expected it to be like maybe bray wyatt hopefully hopefully get a bray wyatt return yes <laughs> but i hope I'm, so I'm, I'm satisfied with cesar man claudio whatever yeah we'll, we'll get it we'll get it i'll be on here a few more times you said so we'll, we'll get it we'll, we'll get it eventually <laughs> yes but i would like to see him out there and just you know, just tell some stories in AEW. Just give me the story. You have the batches. You literally say, all right, you and you go out there. They're clearly not scripting their um, promos because of the way these people talk. So you just need to get some stories. Even if it's just a basic story. They're going for a championship. I want it. You have it. Uh, you held me back in Ring of Honor. Just give me something simple. I'll take a simplistic story. You look at me weird in the locker room. You, you cut in front of me in catering. Give me something. I'll let it work. Just give me some reason why people sometimes generally build towards something, and I'm good for it. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. I'm, I'm hoping he does well. You know. Yes, gets his shot. It, honestly, as much as um Tony Khan hates Vince, I guarantee he'll be a champion at some point, just so he can throw it in Vince's face that they made him a champion. And what a slap in the face it'll yeah, be! <laughs> I tell you, guaranteed. Tony Khan, man, he's he's great. I, I mean. Everything this guy pulls off, I don't he know. Is. He's doing good work. He's trying, making mistakes, and everyone says, you know, and I said he's signing too many people, but like he said, when the contracts are up, if he doesn't think that he needs them, he'll let them go. It's a business. I get it. But he's putting his money into it, and he's trying. They're trying to negotiate deals, and heaven forbid they get a deal with, like, HBO Max, so I can watch it if I have HBO Max because I know Warner Brothers is involved in TNT and stuff like that. Who knows? Because I know the HBO shows appear uh, from doing the Fandalorian podcast and just common sense. There's a lot of HBO Max's shows that have the edited versions appearing on TNT all the time. Like Titans is on TNT edited because it's obviously really a dark, a dark, uh, mor- uh, a dark superhero show, not a Marvel show. Um, Harley Quinn, the cartoon, the animated series, which is very curse filled and violent, not for kids, not for kids. 
but an edited version of it appears at like 10 or 10.30 on Thursday nights on TNT. So there's obviously a working relationship between TNT, between Turner, between HBO Max, and I think they're all part of the Warner Brothers umbrella, so to speak. Um, so if they negotiate their way into some sort of pay-per-views on HBO Max and things like that, that's even more coverage because that's going to be running on the ticker on HBO Max and people will stop because HBO Max is pretty much up there as one of the biggest streamers now. It's Netflix has taken a lot of steps back based on a few things they've been doing. I feel wrong. And, you know, not, not that we're going off track here. I know it's a wrestling podcast, but, you know. No, you're fine, man. I wear double hats, man. I'm wearing all sorts of hats. But <laughs> HBO Max is moving up there in terms of streamers. This definitely is something I'm sure they have access to. Just put, put an event on HBO Max. People go on HBO Max and watch it. And HBO Max, hey, let's put some more money into this. You never know. You know, and that would be awesome for AEW to you know to be on HBO Max. That would, that would just be yeah. so cool. I feel like it could happen, and there's a lot of HBO Max content on on free t- on TNT, a lot because we were covering it one week, and I just you know edited versions because again it's really violent. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Yeah, man, there's definitely a lot going on in wrestling nowadays. <laughs> well, that's good. The more different places you have to watch wrestling the better for companies you know i don't feel like wwe has turned up the notch a little bit feeling that they have competition they should i don't think aew is going anywhere and it's getting bigger and honestly it, it appeals to that teenage group like that young and older group from let's say 17 18 and up I know people want to talk about ratings. Half my kids watched everything on their phone. I know, are we counting the phones as ratings? I'm not really sure yet, but they stream everything. Yeah. So the days of them sitting in front of the TV, turning it on, my kids never do that. They're like, ooh, daddy, what's the TNT app? I need to log in because I'm trying to watch AEW. All right, here's the app number. Okay, good. Now, I don't know if we're at the point where they're counting that as a view or not until later. It's They still are figuring it all out. But what I know from my son and their friends and then – you know, my daughter, some of her friends who watch a little wrestling, no one's really in WWE because they say it's for kids. They literally say all the time, oh, that's for kids. No, AEW is real because they believe. Or they really violent. They don't sound the same. Like, they say the similar, you know, not on the level that you and I talk. But their observation from the eyes of a 15, 16, 17-year-old, WWE is for kids. But a Moxley shirt is pretty cool because it's just the M and the O. Echoes at me. Yo, it's a wrestling. Yeah. Legit. Versus, like, the colorful. Like, it's it's different. Everyone loves Cena, but everyone in my house who likes Cena likes Cena when they were kids. Now they've grown up and they want to watch something different if they choose to watch it. AEW feels more realistic and more for them and more violent for them. You know, John Wick versus, like like I said, like a Disney show. So they're they're invested in that more. And AEW is for little kids. Which, I mean, WWE is for kids to them. That's how it looks. It's, it's scary, but that's how it looks right now for them. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, that that's the way WWE is nowadays, you know. And I definitely agree with when kids say, you know, WWE is for kids because it's like they're targeting, you know, the kid audience now. Yeah, and I get it. It's a business. I get it. That's why I'm trying to, as much as I try to bash it and don't get it, I have to accept the fact that it's not for me anymore. So there are parts that I would like, and there's characters I like, and things I wish they would do. But I'm not really the target audience, the 40-plus-year-old man as I'm over 40, 45, 46, actually, last week. So I'm no longer who they're going for. I mean, they should because I have to bring my kids and I'll show up because my kids can't afford to go by themselves and they can't drive. But um, 
I uh, I don't think I'm the target. Now, AEW, obviously, the younger demographics pay more money, but they're looking for those older fans who kind of wandered away. And that's me. I'm coming back. But again, there's some things I don't like either, too. So it's either way. But uh, WWE feels more aimed at the, like, the younger group. Yeah, just, not, work, just not for me. To where, like we said before, you know, AEW is more like the ruthless aggression area, the attitude era. Right. Of like what, what we watched, you know. Right. It feels more gritty, just just enough. Like it's it's you know, and that's that's okay. And you know, do I have problems with? Of course, I, mean, I have problems with everything. If you listen to my podcast, I have issues with everything constantly. I have, I have tons of issues. I have, med- I have mental issues. I'm crazy. But WWE does. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's you know aimed towards me. And it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so much has changed over the years, man. With WWE, good good and bad, I guess. Um, yeah. But you mentioned your podcast, man. Um, the Fandalorians. Real quick. Well, you can take your time, whatever. <laughs> but, um, um, is there anything else you guys are doing with your podcast? Any new episodes you guys got coming out? Listen, we're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, this is um, we're teachers, so we're off of the summer, but not really, because a lot of us have other jobs to do. We're all over the place. Like I told you, I'm working. In addition to the podcast, which, as you know, is a lot of work, right. I have a couple of a children's book I'm personally working on. I'm trying to wrap that up. Um, I have a uh, um, reading rainbow thing I'm working on for the reboot. That's kind of crazy. And my other podcasters are off doing things too. Mr. McDonald coaches the baseball team. Mr. G um, is involved in a lot of things too, which I'm not sure I'm allowed to say on here, so I won't yet until I talk to him. But the point <laughs> is, as far as our podcasts go, we're just covering everything. We, we, we branch out on a lot of pop culture topics. Um, I always refer to us to friends as like the first take of like podcasting because we don't agree and we a thousand percent will not fake like we agree or just it's the truth. If we adamantly will argue about how last I think Last Jedi was one of the terrible Star Wars movies of all time. Two of them, the two of them think it's a great movie and we've argued almost a screaming match about it. I told you last time we argued about the best Disney princess, which turned almost like almost like a near fist fight. Um, and we cover everything from, I mean, the old man, which is on FX right now. If you haven't seen the old man, Jeff Bridges, um, it's absolutely incredible. An old CIA agent, they're coming for him, and it's Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges can act his way out of a paper bag. Um, fascinating <laughs> show. We covered that. Um then obviously the Marvel, the DC, all the, the fantasy stuff. We covered that. We're covering the Marvel, um, Mrs. Maisel, which is a show on Amazon. Like we, we're branching out. We started off just covering Marvel and, you know, that kind of superhero worlds and all this fantasy stuff. But then as we dig deeper, we know we are into other stuff. And then we just branched out. And the best thing coming up on this week's podcast, this is weird. Someone wrote us that we get a lot of fanning. We got an email from this uh, woman who listens to the podcast because she loves all the pop culture talk and our debates and how we literally, we've been childhood friends, so we bicker and argue and make fun of each other. She said, you guys should watch Bridgerton. Now, I didn't remember what Bridgerton was. Bridgerton is a show on Netflix about a royal family set in the past. It's definitely not marketed towards um, us. I didn't want to say men, but mostly not. It's it's kind of a different kind of show than what right. we would normally watch. But it's it's popping, though. It's the number one pop culture show that isn't like in this fantasy genre, more or less like a historical fiction thing. And she said, I want to know what your thoughts are. I said, you know what? So we talked on the podcast. I'm like, you know what? Let's watch. Let's watch the first season. This is definitely not what we like to watch. Let's talk about it. So we we uh, we were able to get down and 
spend some time, you know, away from our families watching season one of, of something called Bridgerton. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I totally loved it. It was definitely not for me. It was like a love story. Is this a twist and turns? I'm all invested. I was watching that before anything. I had turned off wrestling to watch some of Bridgerton. I was in. <laughs> it was wild. So then um, we're going to be discussing it this week's podcast. Myself and Mr. G, Mr. McDonough was trying to catch up on Stranger Things because we have to do a big Stranger Things blowout in a couple of weeks to finish that off. Um, we did a Stranger Things podcast. My daughter came on, who's 16, and she loves it. We had her perspective. One of our former teachers came on. But to do uh, to do Bridgerton, I called in one of my colleagues. Her name is Mrs. Weber, and she has read all the books about Bridgerton, has seen all the shows, and she's going to come on to be basically a female voice while we debate and break down the show. So we have a lot of fun. We're covering all the topics. We're making fun of each other. We have weird things and, and jokes and categories that make it fun. It, it's, it's a fun show. If you like anything pop culture, just check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely a great show, man. You guys are great. Um, it's it's always good to have a good debate too. Like you said, you guys don't always get along, and that, Ooh, that's always cool. Not at all. I just right. They'll they'll finish talking. I'm like, all right, well, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong. And that's <laughs> that's how I start all the time. You think you're right? No, I know I'm right. Like we'll just go, we'll go, and then you know. But it's like you said, it's when you have someone to debate with, and sometimes we agree, which is shocking to all of us. Um, because normally we're not on the same page with this. We like it all, but we argue. We broke down Obi-Wan the other day. Disney Plus is Obi-Wan. We broke down why Netflix appears to be failing. Um, but yeah, we bicker, we argue. It's, it's it's definitely a good time. Yeah, that definitely sounds awesome, man. You guys got a great podcast. The Fandalorians guys, check them out. Mr. Richardson is a great host. His co-hosts are great. Um, real quick, man, you said you're a writer. You know, we talked about this before. Is there um, can you talk to me about what you're writing right now? You said reading rainbows. Are you allowed to talk about that? Absolutely not. They made me sign a, uh, um, uh, a DNR. So I can't talk about anything more than what I just oh, okay. told you. Yeah, it was official. So they sent me, I can tell you this much, right? So they, <laughs> it was weird. I'll tell you the story real quick. I know you don't have a lot of time. I don't want to hold you up, but no, you're fine. We, um, you know, on the podcast, we are looking for guests, figure get some guests on the show. We were, we were at, this was early on. So I saw uh, this person was working on possibly like working on a reboot to Reading Rainbow. Like they're working on ideas to try to bring the show back. Reading Rainbow, if you don't know, if you're not familiar, was a show that came out in like the late 70s, early 80s, like around the Sesame Street time. Just a, a show to get kids into reading books. LeVar Burton of uh, Star Trek Next Generation fame was the host. Um, big, big following. You could Google it. It's, it's relatively big. The, the song, people from that generation, that ilk would know of it. So bringing it back, knowing that my age, I would sit my kid in front of it because it's a brand. That's how Sesame Street operates. People don't, they don't promote. You you watch Sesame Street, you get a kid. Yo, you should watch Sesame Street. I did. I'm fine. Watch it. Right. So it's a brand you know. I reached out to her because I saw it. I said, oh, would you like to come on the show? Sure. We get to talking on Zoom before the show about a couple things. Next thing I know, she was telling me ideas of what they were going to do. And she gave me a link to watch this little YouTube version that they put out there, like the little test one, I guess. Um, and I'm a writer, but, you know, I'm a teacher, but I also like to write. I like teaching writing in school, just writing scripts. I used to do plays for my class. I write the plays, musicals with jokes and comedy and the banter. It's just that's how I think. So I gave suggestions and I wrote some ideas. Of, oh, you know, we should do it. It'll be funny because I have a funny sense of humor. 
Um, next thing I know, we're having a conversation about it. And then I'm signing a little form that says I can't speak about it. And then I get sent things and I'm talking about it. And there you go. So let's just say I'm working on it and we'll see how it goes. But these things I'm learning in this business, you know, things might not happen, things that might not work out, but it's definitely been an interesting thing to do. So. Well, I hope everything works out for you, man. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and you. And, and I'm excited for you. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's like a side, you know, like a job because I'm still teaching. I'm not quitting that, but right, something you can do on the side, and I don't need it to. It's like you know the lack of the best way of saying it is like I don't need it to hit for me to be able to feed my family, so to speak. Like I have a job; it's the definition of extra. It's like a side. Like if the podcast blows up and becomes great, cool. But if it doesn't, okay, I'm still good. Like nothing's gonna change either way. So hopefully this works out, and we'll see. You said you also wrote a children's book. Can you talk about that at all? Or yeah, no, definitely. I'm I'm working on it now. Um, it's kind of like a little fantasy book of these characters dealing with things that are occurring in their town that are of a supernatural nature. Um, that's the most I can say about it too. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> no, make me, I have like a a publisher thing, and I have to keep. But basically, it's like these kids in town dealing with something almost like a la Buffy the vampire slayer thing which is like I wrote like I said I wrote scripts as a teacher all the time so I'm very I think I'm very good at just writing dialogue that kids can say because I, I know their voice I work with nine and ten year olds so I can hear them in my head I know what they will say what they won't say and how they phrase everything so taking the book and writing I pick I make creative characters and I kind of Based them on kids I've encountered and just know. And then it writes itself. As weird as that sounds, you kind of just know what they would say and how they react to situations. So I'm having fun with it. I'm writing the books that the kids in my room would kind of read. Still working on parts of it now. I have to edit one part and things I don't like. I'm still fixing this one. But it's just, like I said, I'm working on a bunch of things this summer, trying to get some things accomplished. I have, we, as in teacher me, though, we have brand new curriculum as teachers they always give you like new curriculum because they right. some reason feel like this is the best option because the one you've been doing which has been successful is it now for, to them who knows so with new stuff coming down the pike in september i'm looking at that stuff now a lot of teachers people say oh the teachers sit at home and just chill and a lot of it's just looking at what's coming up in the fall and getting ahead of it right. so that's going on too and one more thing though before i, I you know i don't want to hold you up too much but i want to mention this we've been doing this on our podcast when we first started in august um, we talked to people, you know, how can you support the podcast? And support a podcast is very easy. Um, share it with people who like this stuff, because I like people to listen. That helps. Right. And if you know any teachers in the world, find out what they may need for the fall for their classroom. And if you have money, help them get stuff. And that's all I need you to do. Find them. Because the, the amount of stuff that there's, and, you know, every week we mention someone on they have a teacher Twitter. P teachers post things. It's, it's the weirdest job in the profession in the country where you have to ask for people to give you supplies to do your job to teach kids because they never the budget doesn't seem to always apply and give enough for you. You know, what I mean, you've never seen lawyers like asking for legal pads from like local delis. Like, you know, what I mean, but right. So find some teachers, public schools or private, you know, private usually covers enough money, to pay, but public schools and just say, hey, you're a teacher. What do you need? They might say, hey. You know, I know people online just want tissues because the amount of kids who go through tissues, they don't provide it. You're buying Kleenexes all the time in Walmart because, you know, your kids need tissues and they're not giving you money for it. Or it's weird as it is. That's what happens. 
or you want extra pencils because you know a lot of kids come from um, environments where they, their family doesn't always either have that much money or their environments where they can't access just they have like two pencils that are supposed to last them to like two months. You yeah. know what I mean? So reach out to anyone you know who may be in the teacher education field and say, hey, do you have a wish list? They usually have these Amazon wish lists of things they just want for their class and it's nothing's expensive. Maybe help them get a couple things. It'll help them out. And then that's what that's what we promote on our podcast. Uh, tell people you like us. Find someone who's a teacher. And if you have any excess money, I know it's tough because gas prices are insane. But if you have any excess money, but maybe buy them something that helps support their classrooms. Right. Yeah, I would definitely spread the word, man. That's that's great what you guys are doing. Yeah, that's you know we need some we need some help. It's a weird job, man. It's a weird job when you're like, oh, they could use this to help them learn, but they're not going to pay for it. So I pay for it myself. I told you the amount of stuff I pay for, <laughs> your mind would be blown. Like hundreds of, you know, just because you you spend all time as a teacher. You spend, especially fourth grade teacher, I had like 25 kids last year. And you're with them, let's say from, from me, like 8.20 to maybe 3.30 every day. You know, then when they go to lunch and you see them every day. So when you watch them struggle with some academic area and you know that this item that if I get will help them learn it better. And you're with them enough that you know them, you know, the names, you know what they care about, what they're scared of, you know them, you just buy it. It just, if you can afford it, I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll just get it. Like I'll, in your mind, you think you're psyching yourself into, I'll write off my taxes. Now you can't. They blocked that last year, but you just spend, you spend, spend, spend because you want the kids to do the best. You don't want to ask for help. You end up doing it, you know? So it's such a weird thing. So yeah, any of you spread the words to your listeners and anyone just, you know, you know, someone's a teacher, ask them if they need anything. Yeah. I, I definitely know a lot of teachers. I'm still in contact with a lot, of, uh, um, a lot of my teachers from high school. So I will definitely spread the word. Absolutely. Let them know or give me their information too. And I'll, I'll mention them on the pockets if they have a wish list as well. Right, man. I want to thank you for being on my podcast, man. It's it's always great having you on. Listen, anytime, and I mean it, I'm not just going to say it like I'm going to say it in the text when we're done talking. <laughs> but um, anytime you you call me up, you know, I reach out on this one. If you ever like, hey, this is going on. I want someone to, 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 to argue about because oh, we're always on the same page. One day we're not going to be on the same page. It's going to be fun. But right now, we're always on the same page. I'm waiting for that day, bro. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. But it seems like we think the same. So who, who knows? Yeah, anytime, man. You send the signal up, I'm in. Let's do it. Okay, I'll, I'll send that Batman signal. Got you. Anytime, man. <laughs> man Mr. Richardson, thanks for having you. Having, thanks for having, well, excuse me. Thanks for letting me have you on. Sorry. <laughs> Even better. Yes, either way. And yo, <laughs> you're coming on our show. I got to talk. We never get to talk about it because it keeps coming up, but I, I got to figure out what's your pop culture interest? Like, what, what is it? What, what, would, what would we, I know we've been talking for a minute, but just I need to know publicly right now. What right. are the things in this kind of pop culture genre are you interested in? That way, when we talk about it, I can get you on to talk about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a big horror movie fan. Okay. Um, like like Saw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Um, those type of movies. I'm also a big Dexter fan as well. Dexter is one of the greatest shows. Oh my gosh! All right, ready? We're gonna, I'm gonna have you on for deck. Now these two I work with are scared of their own shadow. I've seen the horror movies. They get skittish about their weird, a bunch of freaks. Um, but I definitely wanted to do a bracket about horror movies or okay. franchises. Um, uh, before March Madness, last March Madness, we did a Marvel one, but I want to do one for that. But if you want to, you want to down into to, to Dexter, just talk about some of the shows this summer. Listen, um, yeah, Dexter was one of my favorites. It, it uh, fell Dexter. off the rails towards the middle, but Dexter was legit. 
Dexter was legit. De- Dexter was great, man. I mean, the the reboot they did, the Dexter New Blood. A lot of people were, you know, kind of mad about the ending, but it makes sense. No, it makes sense. We're not gonna spoil yeah. it here, but we will yeah. go. All right, I thousand percent gonna have you on to do a Dexter deep dive by the end of the summer. Uh, Mr. G's leaving for a little bit. He's got stuff to do. We're gonna be like trying to piecemeal some stuff together. I'm like, oh, I can get Austin in for this. I can get this. I'm moving teachers in and out. But yeah, we can do a segment about just the show. I think we're at the anniversary of some aspect of it. And yes, especially the reboot, which I thousand, not reboot, the continuation. I thousand percent watched that too. And I have the same thoughts that you probably have. But yeah, you know, we might disagree on some of it. So it should be fun. Well, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I haven't seen a lot of the reboot. I haven't seen all of it, but I do know the ending of it. I have seen the ending. Oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it, and then we'll talk about it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get in for me by the end of the summer, please, man. Okay, please. yes, sir. Yes, you know what? We're not gonna be watching this wrestling, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> While you're watching Brock versus Roman for the 550th time, in between that, we can fit it in. We'll see. If I even watch Rock, uh, Brock versus Roman, man. I'm gonna watch. You know, I'm gonna after all this talking now. I said I was gonna watch it, but now that I've talked to you. I feel like we should just in case they actually for one. Because ready? We talking. We talked about Hunter. We talked about Steph. Maybe they're gonna surprise us. Maybe maybe someone's gonna come out, cash in. The, I don't know. That that's a, that's a big maybe, you know. And I'm already paying for the 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 uh, what you call it anyway, Peacock. So since I'm paying for it, I might as well put it on in the background. That's that's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, bro. Thanks for having. Thanks yeah. for being on. I appreciate right. you. No problem, man. Anytime. Uh, guys, check out the Fandalorians podcast with Mr. Richardson and his marvelous co-host. Yes, Mr. G, Mr. McDonald, teachers by day, nerds by night. All right, man. Thank you for being on. God bless you. Have a nice day. You too, man. Talk to you soon. You too.